We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next segment, we are going to be moving to some spring surprises because we know at the end of the spring, we're going to kind of look back a little bit. We're about to do that in a second and talk a little bit about some players, some headlines that maybe we weren't expecting coming into the spring. So some spring surprises coming up before we transition, though, you can please just hit that like button. Subscribe to the podcast, five-star reviews, share this podcast. Make sure to go to boards that Irishbreakdown.com because like Brian said, it's going to be a nice little Intel feature on the board later today for some spring Intel. Make sure you go join up to message board. You'll get it before the next show where we're able to share some of that stuff with you. So make sure you sign up at boards that Irishbreakdown.com. But that'll do it for a little bit of the primer for some breakout stars, players that we'll have our eye on for the Blue Gold game. All right, Brian. So let's hey, hold on, move. hold on a second, Ryan, because I I want to I want to jump in here real quick. Something I'm yeah. um before we get into the uh, surprises, yes, I wanted to read something. I'm I'm um, doing I'm edit as we're doing this. I'm editing a story to publish on the website. Like you know me, Ryan. I'm always doing three yeah. or four things at a time. And here's here's a comment from Chancey Stuckey. You know, normally coaches are are very reserved in things that they said, but he was interviewed today, and I want to read this comment that he made about the freshman. He said, we hit on all three freshmen. That was huge, and that's super rare. What's even more rare than hitting on all three freshmen is coaches being willing to say that. And I, I have been hearing this p- privately. If, you, if you're if you on the message board, you read my intel, you've pretty much heard me say they're all three better than advertised, all three of them. That's okay. But for a coach to come out and publicly say that, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> For a staff that's normally really reserved when they say those kind of things is the other part of that too. So yeah, yeah I'm I'm fired up. Well, and maybe a couple of those young guys might be a part of our yeah. spring surprises. Maybe Who knows, but- maybe, maybe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But Brian, let's get into some of these spring surprises. Some of the key headlines, players that as we look back at this spring, maybe we weren't expecting. Maybe we were hopeful for, but we're a little reserved in our optimism. That's kind of the vibes that we're getting here. So start us up. What's one thing that maybe has been surprising you a little bit, kind of looking back at spring a little bit, a player, a circumstance, a position group, whatever it might be? The big one for me, we'll go offense first, and we'll just kind of go a player at a time. The big one for me is Chris Tyree. I, I, I said to somebody yes, I sent a text message to to someone that uh, close to Chris yesterday, and I said, "Look, I'm gonna be honest. I did not like this move. I thought you could do things with Chris, and I've said it. You could do things with Chris in certain packages, and he's still evolving as a wide receiver. There's still a lot of room to grow, but to see how comfortable he is, and to and to see how bought in he is making this move." get you fired up, you know, and, and, and I've seen some really fun things from him and the practices we've seen, you know, I've, I've heard things from people around the program. I'm, I'm, they've literally used two words that I've heard. I've said to use Chris Tyree that just it's like amplify what I'm hearing from all my sources, including one particular source who's usually pretty pessimistic to be completely honest with you. Like he's a guy that I go to as the counterweight to the people who like, this team's going to go 14 and 0 and outscore everyone by 50. You know, like you've got, you've got those range of sources that you talk to. This one's usually sort of my, okay, balance it out for me kind of guy. And I think that's the way you should do sourcing is, is, you know, okay, look, people kind of, this guy tends to be a little bit more optimistic. This guy tends to be a little more pessimistic. You put them together and you start to get a pretty good idea of it. And the guy that I talked to that's usually a little bit kind of reserved and down and pessimistic is, was like, can't guard him. Like nobody on our team can guard him, you know, and that was what you heard. And then uh, one of the Intel pieces that we had on the message board was that during the scrimmage on Saturday, the, the phrase I was given is Chris Tyree was on a cheat code during the spring game or during the spring scrimmage. I keep saying spring game because that was the game that, the, you know, that meant the most to them. But when you start hearing stuff like that, Ryan, and you start thinking like the run game, like Chris Tyree's not a guy that's, he's not Rondell Moore. You know, he's not going to go out there and he's not T.Y. Hilton. He's not going to be like a natural receiver that's going to catch 90 balls as a as a pure vertical pass catcher. He's he's evolving there. But the things that he can do to get the football, it's just, man, it's going to be fun. If they I hope they use him correctly. But from everything I'm hearing in practices, they are force feeding the ball to Chris Tyree because they know they need to. And and then you say, well, that's going to impact. Jaden Thomas is going to impact Tobias Merriweather. It's going to impact Deion Colsey. It's going to impact Renzo Styles. It's going to impact the running game, all of that stuff. And man, you start getting fired up about what it could be if he if he can carry it into the fall. Because again, this is what he's done in the spring. We don't know what that's. 
everything we say right now is about what we're seeing in the spring. I, I don't know how it's going to translate in the fall. If I, if I was that great at, if, if I could make that kind of prognostication, I would be a lot wealthier right now. Cause I'd be a pretty darn good, accurate gambler. I'm yeah. just telling you what we're hearing right now and what we've seen so far. And what I've seen so far is Chris Tyree has taken to this position really well. He's bought in and that alone is a surprise. Cause I mean, you, you grow up playing a position and I'm speaking from experience and somebody says, we're going to move you. Like, I want to move. I'm, I, I came here to play running back. I'm a wide receiver, but he's bought in. And, and then he's doing well. And they're rewarding him with that buy-in by saying, okay, we told you we're going to get you going, and now we're going to get you going. So I'm fired up. I'm fired up. And that's it's been a surprise to me to see how quickly he has adapted to that position. And, and again, he's only a quarter of the way through his receiver transition, yeah. barely a quarter of the way through. When you look at the number of practices between the, from the beginning of spring to the first game, it's a little I think like 12 or 13, so a little over 25% of the way there. And so he's like, if he's already doing that now, and he's gonna have the whole and and when I talk about, it, I'm talking about formal practice. I'm not talking about the hundred uh, summer workouts that they're gonna have. Yeah, you know what I mean. You start getting pretty fired up, man, and say, okay, you add a weapon like that. Because what have you and I, since you've known me, Ryan, what have I been complaining about at receiver for Notre Dame? They just don't have that guy that you say get the ball to and let him go do something. Yeah, and and the guy that they did have, they never used. And, and Brayden Lindsay. And so now you got another one like that, that you're like, okay, this is going to be fun if they do it right. And I think this staff is a little bit more committed to doing that than maybe, maybe they were previously to, to say it's okay to, and this is where I think you're going to see a little bit of the Jared Parker impact. Jared Parker's a pro style guy, but he's also more of a college guy. Yeah. You know, his, his pro style is more of a college type of look where he's going to be more willing to embrace the RPOs, more willing to embrace, hey, let's just get that ball out there to this really fast kid. We don't, it, not everything has to be like designed up and and all. It's just, I got this really fast kid. My guy runs a 4 3. Your guy runs a 4 6. Uh, I'm going to get him in space because your 4 6 can't run with my 4 3. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's me not showing how smart I am, but you know what? Here's how I show how smart I am. You see that five something spot we put on the board against you, or that forty something spot that we put on this team, or you know one of the better teams at thirty spot. Okay, that's how that's how I show how smart I am. I don't need to do it with scheme. I'm doing it with results, and that's something I'm, I think we're going to see more of. Now I don't know how it's going to be overall, but I think at least in that part, that's definitely something that I believe we're seeing. Jared Parker's okay saying, "Look, I, they're going man to man. I got a six five dude out there being guarded by a five eleven guy." Yeah. Uh, Everybody in the stadium knows you're going to throw that ball. So they don't have anybody out there that's going to cover it. I'm okay to just throw it up. I'm okay. Hey, look, you, you're going to try to have your linebacker in space against Chris Tyree. All right, cool. I don't need to reinvent the wheel and show how I'm the next Sean McVay or Mike, you know, Kyle Shanahan to, to know that I'm going to whoop your butt on that one. And I, I think that's how college coaches need to be. And I think Jared Parker has some of that in him. And that's something that has me a little fired up. And the greatest beneficiary of that is going to be Chris Tyree, in my opinion. I think that that is the number one answer on the offensive side of the football for me as well. Like it's Chris Tyree. And honestly, Brian, it's a double surprise because you hit on it, right? One is that the position switch happens. Like that would surprise me in general. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That legitimately happened. And then number two is how quickly he seems to be really assimilating to that role. And to be Which you can't to do it if you're not bought in, Ryan. You can't exactly. do it if you don't have complete buy-in. And I think that 100%. speaks volumes about what kind of young man Chris Tyree is. 
No doubt about it. So I'm excited to see what Chris does in that role. I'm excited to see a little glimpse of it in the blue goal game. Again, we're not going to get the full scope of what is Chris Tyree's, you know, usage going to be in the blue goal game, but we're not just not going to see that. Right. But we are going to see a little bit of it. We're going to see a little Mm. taste, a little taste of it. Big one for me, Brian talked about the three wide receivers to kind of open the segment, right? That they're all really showing out and they're taking that step forward. And we hit on all threes what coach Stucky says. I am a little surprised, just slightly, that Braylon James is in that conversation as far as being with those guys. I thought, in this full honesty, I thought Jane Greathouse and Rico Flores were just more college ready to go. You're going to throw them in there. They're going to be able to run routes. They're going to do the little things. And Braylon James, I thought, was going to show flashes in the spring. But you were going to see it's it's still a work in progress here. And not to say it isn't. Like, there's still work that needs to be done, obviously. But, I mean, the intel piece that you put up a couple weeks ago, I mean, they can't guard him, man. Like, that's just yeah. flat out what's happening right well, now. Well, they, they have to beat him at the line. Images. They have yeah. to beat him at the line. And that's where Braylon is struggling right now is if, you, if you've got a good corner that can – like, that's what Lorenzo Styles did to him. Like, Lorenzo Styles just came up when, – when we talk about that one rep that Lorenzo had that was really, really good, Yeah, it was against Braylon because he just, he just got in his chest and just drove him into the sideline. And and so that's where Braylon still needs to to work. But here here's I'm going to read you the quote because I'm getting ready yep. to publish the story. I'm I'm getting ready to, to 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 publish this. But here here's the comment that that he said about uh, that uh, Coach Stuckey said about Braylon James. He says uh, Braylon has the, has had the most interesting transition because he put on 15 pounds. He got here and got 15 pounds super quick. So his body this spring has been used to carrying that extra weight. He's the freakiest of them all. Six two. Runs a 4-4, 38-inch vertical jump. He's the biggest, freakiest of them all, but his body has changed so much. That's what he had to say about Braylon James. It's nice, man. It's yeah. nice. And if if Braylon, again, if like there's just a small role he could play, even in 2023, is just like a designated deep threat. or He should have the Will even, Fuller role that Will had as a freshman. Yeah. I'm going to send like 20 you 20-something yes. yards a catch yeah. and did Six all that catches, yeah. Yeah. Where you've got – you need to run a go route. You need to run a post route. You need to run a deep over route. You need to run a cross route. And you need to be able to run a hitch route. That's it. That's all I need you to do. That's it, man. That's it. Because if you can run a hitch, you can run a stop. If you can run a hitch, you can run a comeback. Same technique, just depth and, and direction. That's it. Yep. That's all he and, needs to learn right now. I don't need to run him a post corners and all. I don't need to run teach him all that stuff. That's what I need you to learn. That's it. Go and, post, drag, cross, hitch. That's it. And, and when they signed Braylon, I was on the wavelength of that kid is going to be a stud down the road, but you're probably not going to see too much of him in 2023. It's going to be like a maturation. And now leaving the spring, Brian, I'm like, if, as long as he carries this momentum in the offseason and he just you know tightens up a few of the – nuances of the game there needs to be some sort of role again like not a volume getting role but at times like we need to stretch the field a little bit Braylon James you need to get on the field now man like we need yeah. you out there in this situation so Braylon's been a very pleasant surprise for how much we've heard of him this spring compared to what I thought yeah. maybe we would well and the thing I like too Ryan is is all of the freshmen have been showing have been the focus of the tension at different times yeah, but I think the reason that we go with Braylon because it's the funny thing is I had Braylon as my highest ranked of all the receivers. Braylon, I think, was the number two ranked kid in the class for me. 
Yeah. And, and but the thing that I always that I always said was, but I also don't think he's ready to play as a, as ready to play as a freshman as those other yep. guys. And and I think that's a that's an important thing to me is you've got to get those guys kind of positioned to say, hey, are you ready to go out and really be that guy? Sure. And to see Braylon showing flashes of that again, he still needs a lot of work. Right. I'm not trying to sit there and be like, oh, my gosh, he looks like Michael Floyd is a freshman. I am not saying that he is. He is not ready yet, but he's get, he's a lot closer to being ready than I thought he was going to be. But, man, you just cannot teach that speed. You cannot teach that speed. Not with and that they, length they, especially. Like, my, mine was going to be Rico. Like my next biggest surprise is Rico. And yeah. and the reason why it's funny, because as, as I'm editing the story, like I put down my notes. I said I had Tyree Rico and then my third guy. But. The reason I went Rico, and then I'm reading Chancey Stuckey's quotes about Rico, and it explains exactly why Rico's my biggest surprise. It's not that Rico's a great route runner. I mean, you and I debated this. You would pick Jaden Greathouse was the best route runner of the receiving core. I went with Rico. I'm I'm not surprised yeah. Rico's a really good route runner. I'm not surprised he's advanced. What surprised me, Ryan, is how big he is. Yeah. Like, he was listed as six foot, like 190-something, but I'm like, he may only be six foot, but he looks taller than Lorenzo Styles to me, and I know Lorenzo's taller than me, and I'm six foot. So he looks taller than I thought he was going to be, and he's thicker. And this is what Coach Stuckey said about, about Rico. He said, uh, he said, Rico's thicker. He goes way bigger than you thought. He gets here, and he, he, and he has these huge tree trunk legs in his arms, and he has a little presence about him. Good size, great route runner, attention to detail, is immaculate. And then he talked about just how much he loves football and how he tests and how hard he works and all that other kind of stuff. But I mean, you, you hear that and you're like, okay, like dude's even bigger than I thought. And he's faster than I thought too. Those are the two things that have really stood out to me about Rico. I am not shocked that a kid from Folsom has the, <laughs> the confidence to step in and say, I'm not worried about Notre Dame. Like, I mean, yeah, you, you, this is Notre Dame, but this is why I picked Notre Dame. I didn't come here to sit for three years. I came here to play. I, I want to be on the biggest stage. That's where I want right. to be. And I'm not I'm, afraid I'm, of competing I'm, against you. Right. I'm, play, I'm you know? playing modern day and those types yeah. of cats every yeah. single week. You know what I mean? I'm playing Dale LaSalle. I'm not worried about, about this. I got this. This is why I came yeah. here. Yeah. And so, but to see him bigger and faster than I thought, you're like, okay, goodness gracious. Like, I was just hoping the receiving core was as good as I thought. Yeah. The fact that they're all ahead of where I thought they would be right now. I mean, well, J- Jaden Greathouse isn't as far ahead as I isn't as isn't further ahead than I thought he would be. He's he's matched where, where I thought he'd be because I had the highest expectations for him as a freshman. Sure. So he's not a surprise for me that he's ready to go. I'll just just to finish it off. I'll just I'll read what he said about Jaden as well. <laughs> he goes, he's just physically ready to play. He has great ball skills, has a niftiness in and around through zones where he can get um where he can get around guys, but has enough power and quickness to beat guys. His ball skills are out of control, but his basketball background of what they did at Westlake, you put him into the boundary and get inside the 10 yard line. He's probably uh, any ball anywhere. He's going to make a play. He said, those two are so impressive physically Rico and JG, but the athleticism of Braylon is through the roof. I mean, you just read this and you're just like, that sounds like three completely different kids. Yes. And, and that's what you want. They're different skill sets. They bring something different to the table. Yep. And it, man, it gets you fired up, dude. It really does. It, at least it, really it does, does for me. It has me fired up. Cause like, you know, we have our evaluations and, and we hope that our evaluations are accurate, but they're not where everybody misses. And then you read that stuff and you're like, yeah, okay. I feel really good right now about where this yeah. group is. I feel really good sure. about where this group is. So, well, but Rico, I, that's why Rico yeah. was my number two, right? 
That's a good one. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for me, I think some people might pick a, like Tyler Buckner that he's kind of stepped up to the plate. I didn't really go in that route. I would, I would start this conversation, Brian, because I think I'm about to steal your third guy, if I remember correctly. But Jerron Payne's been a pleasant surprise this spring for me, man. Like, I, I really think that he has right. stepped up to the plate in, in a. Three. I know. I, that's what I said. I'm starting the conversation, man. I'm starting you're pulling a Driscoll. That's what you're doing. I'm always stealing the things you want to talk about. No, now you're paying no, me back. No, so, no, no. I'm just kidding. No, I'll say this. There, there's, yeah, a lot ahead, more, there's a lot more pleasant surprises on the defensive side yeah. of the ball for me than yeah. offensive. So, you know, we're, we're going to overlap at times. We're going to overlap. Just Jabron bust your jobs. Just bust Jabron your jobs. Payne in a running back room that has been, you know, a little bit of injuries. Obviously, Logan Diggs has been limited, obviously, this spring. Jadarian Price is still coming back from the injury. Jeremiah Love is not going to get here until the summer. We're talking about Audrey Estime. We're talking about Jabron Payne. And again, Jabron Payne has worked well enough where you're like, is he going to have a role in the fall, right? Like, he has an opportunity, I think, to fight for that opportunity not only to get some touches in the backfield but also kick returner could he be in that role so Jabron Payne's been a pleasant surprise because I don't think you 100% knew exactly what to expect from him but he has been with limited competition around him at running back he's been able to shine through which has been really good to see really good to see Ryan I mean I think the thing for me when you look at Jabron Payne was I just know if he's gonna be healthy and it's kind of like he was the healthy one this spring and others weren't. And it allowed him to step into the spotlight. I think the thing that surprised me about Jabron is I'm not surprised. I'm glad he's healthy. Not surprised. He's healthy. I'm not at all shocked that he's really quick and, and agile and can make people miss. We saw that on film. I'm not surprised. He can catch the football out of the backfield. We, I'm surprised how thick he is and the authority he runs with that. Cause we hadn't really seen him in two years. I mean, really, that's the thing that surprised me. He he runs with authority. I knew the shiftiness was there. I knew the catching ability was there. I knew he had some juice. If he was healthy, that's a that wasn't a surprise, but that was good to see. Is he's he's got the, his juice is coming back because he was a kid who could run. I mean, he was a big play guy in Cincinnati as a, as a sophomore. He averaged like nine almost ten yards a carry as a sophomore playing in that really good Cincinnati league. And so you knew he had some juice, but he's not he's not like a a skinny slot guy. He's built like a running back. And to see that lower body starting to get built up, that's the thing that guy has me really encouraged about Jabron. And that was the, the surprise for me with Jabron is not that he's playing well. I'm happy that he's, I'm surprised he got as many opportunities as he did because of some of the injuries, but he runs with a lot more authority than I, than I ever saw from him in high school. And to see that lower body built up like it is, you're like, okay, they, they got something here. It's a good football player. And I mean, again, is he, you know, oh my gosh, he's, you know, they have five first round draft picks of running back. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this kid's a football player. And if this kid's in your rotation someday, including 2023, all right, cool. Let's roll. Let's do it. Let's go play. Man, if, if Jadarian Price gets back healthy, man, and he's ready to go in the fall, you have some options at yeah. running back. <laughs> you have a lot yeah. of options. Speaking of juice, did you see that Jeremiah Love just ran 10 5 4 in the 100 yeah. meter this past? It's pretty good. Weekend, yeah, good. for yeah. for 195 plus pound running back, it's yeah. bad. It's all right. It's not too bad. I mean, Micah Bell, you know, ran a 10-4-1, but he's 170 pounds. We're talking about 195 pound running right. back. Running well, and we knew that Micah could do that. I mean, yes, 
we've known he can do that. Yeah. We knew Jeremiah was fast, but it's just it, you know on the field, but now you're seeing the track speed and you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be pretty good. He's gonna be pretty but he's good. gonna be bad. He's gonna have to battle to get on the field though. You know, that's know. the thing that starts getting you excited because there's some, you know, like Jabron Payne, there's some really good football players there right now. And that's the biggest thing, Ryan, that that just is such the difference. And I again I was I was I'll give a little glimpse into what my intel piece is gonna be. Uh one of the things in my intel piece, you know, talking to the person that I that I was talking to yesterday and who who's been at who's been at camp. Well, this is someone who's who's been at Notre Dame in the past. So he's seen Notre Dame in person. He's he's been to several springs and he sees this team in person. He's like he was like, this is actually, I'm going to try to find the direct quote, but he was just kind of saying like, um, um, how much more athletic this team is compared to, to past teams that he's seen in person. And I'm going to, I'm going to pull this, see if I can find it. Cause he sent me a lot. We had a very long conversation last night via text message, but you know, it just was, his comment was like, I've, I've been to Notre Dame before. And I've seen the kind of athletes that Notre Dame has had in the past. And he goes, this team looks a lot different. You know, this team athletically, this team is, this team has got some cats that can run around and be, and be different. And that's, that's what you get excited for. And then most of the guys that he ended up talking about were the freshmen and the sophomores, which Jabron yeah. Payne is a part of. So uh, he said, yeah, they're they they're were more athletic the, 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 than the few years ago when I was here. And he, he goes, um, you know, Said zero is a good looking athlete. He was talking about Xavier Watts. Because this is not a guy that's a Notre Dame fan. This is, this is you know. So it was uh it was great to see. But it's awesome. it's it's because it's good to see confirmation of the things that you think you see. But yeah, Jabron was my number three, Ryan. It's a good choice. Love it. Very Love good it. choice. What about defense, Ryan? Who's your number one surprise as we kind of transition into the defense? I mean, it's gotta be Jason Onye, right? Like a biggest surprise. I mean, it's gotta be i mean i think for me i was you know him now being a what a redshirt sophomore a third year yeah. sophomore you're like okay like th- this is usually when that light bulb goes on for some guys that sophomore to junior year jump that usually happens for some guys but i saw him last year and i'm like tall kid long athletic looks, looks the, part, the part you're just yeah. like yeah just like hand usage hand placement playing with leverage consistently like all that stuff is it's just a work in progress right does then he know how to play football that, that's exactly. the question does he know how to play football and then you're hearing all spring he has been impactful wreaking havoc and just looks like a different player yeah. and a more consistent player and that is gotta start there because one Notre Dame needs more of that on the interior. They need more of that impact size at him, 290 plus pounds, 292 pounds, his ability to not only play with his length, play with the power he has, but also maybe to split a gap occasionally, make a tackle for loss, make some plays, be an impact as a pass rusher. And again, I'm not sitting here saying Jason Onye is going to be a starting defensive tackle by the end of the season. He's going to be a all American and all that type of stuff, but Having that type of size profile as part of the rotation and that impact that he has, it's monumental. Honestly, like it, it is. I don't think it's. Un, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that it's monumental because that could provide so much more opportunities and so much more possibilities up front for yeah. the Notre Dame defense. I mean, we talked a lot about him earlier. I don't need to dive more into Jason. Yes. I mean, he he. And it's surprise isn't that you don't think a guy's got credit, for, got the talent for it, but a guy goes from playing nothing to 
doing that. That's a bit of a surprise. My, my number two, Ryan, I'm going to stay up front. I'm going to talk I'm gonna, about another guy. Javante Jean-Baptiste has been much better than I thought he was going to be because he looks bigger than I expected yeah. him to be. They say he's 250. Uh, he's bigger than that. He, I, I'll be guaranteed he's closer to 260 when they do measurements in the summer. He's a lot. He plays a lot more power than I thought. Like I knew he had a, a really nice twitchy burst off the edge. We've seen that at Ohio State. That's what they used him to do at Ohio State. I'm surprised how well he is at setting the edge, and and his his technique, his pass rushing repertoire is better than what he had at Ohio State. There was one particular play where he it was a great rep between him and Blake Fisher, and I think it was in one of the highlights. But I've seen like two to three reps like this. There was one of them in the highlights, but I'm watching in practice, and I don't know if this is the one that was on the highlights, but I remember there being something like this, where he's coming off the edge, and Blake shoots his hands at him, and Javante smacks him down, and then Blake does a great job of resetting back on him, and Javante hits and digs underneath Blake's armpit to get around the edge. It was a great rep by both guys on that particular play, Javante beat him because Javante, Javante was a quick a step quicker off the ball. But it was like, this is two kids that know how to play the game battling. You want to see that. And he's he's been a lot better than I thought he was going to be. He, he really is. He really is. And so that's a – now, again, let's see him translate into the fall. I thought it would be a really good, solid, like, big-end guy as part of rotation. But he has been – it is not hard to see who their best big end is right now. Field end is right now. And, and it's been obvious, very obvious. Like he, he is the best looking big end they've had since, since Adi Takumba Ogandiji, who is the most, um, the best comp of size and style of play. He it's physically, he looks thicker than Adi Takumbo did. Adi's a little bit longer, but Adi was a freaky, freaky long, but athletically, how they play, very similar players. Very similar players. And that's one position where wasn't bad in 2022, but it's like more impact, right? I mean, that was the thing about Riley. It's like Riley was a good big end, but more impact than the six tackles for loss, three sacks he had or whatever the heck it ended up being, right? right. Like you need six, that position. Like six to be and a, a half little, and three and a half or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Like you need a li- just a little more production, a little more impact production. And Javante seems like he might be able to do that. I mean, we'll see. I, again, he had a lot of flashes at Ohio State in a reserved role, in, mm-hmm. a, in a, you know, a very specific role for Ohio State. Can he do that on a higher scope? It seems like he might be able to. So right. very so far. Yeah. yeah. So far. Very hopeful. Yeah. So far. If we move to linebacker, Brian, I know there's one guy that you've been talking about all spring. I'm sure he's going to be in this conversation, but is there a yeah. linebacker for you that has been a surprise? Let's yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say this. Yes and no. And the, re- the no comes from, I expect the Nolan Ziegler to have a breakout this spring. If given the opportunity, that's the surprise. I'm surprised that they are giving the younger guys an opera. I I had zero expectations for Al Golden to to give those kids legit reps. And from what I'm told, him and Jalen Steed were getting first and second team reps the day it went. And Marcus Freeman's talked about this publicly. But again, what they say publicly is not always what's happening privately. Let's be real about that. Or it's not the full truth. And there's nothing wrong with that. We We don't have a right to know every single little thing going on within the program. And, and so, uh, but you hear that from other sources that aren't spinning things and you're like, oh, okay, that's legit. Where you no know, Al Golden early in the spring, they were putting different first team lineups out there. 
Like, okay, today yeah. you're working with the ones. Hey, today you're working. Hey, what are you going to do? Just throw them into the fire. Oh, you know, today you're one of the ones. You have about 30 minutes of prep to get your mind ready for the fact that you're going to be the first team linebacker today. Yeah. All right. And see what you can do. And every time he did that, he stepped up to the point now where it's like, yeah, this kid's going to play. He's going to be a part of the, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, this kid's going to play a ton. And every time he gets a chance to do something, he makes plays. And so I'm not surprised by that. I, I'm, I'm a little pleasantly surprised how quickly he, because like the first time we saw him in the, in the spring, you know, you'd see the athleticism, but then he was always just like a second slow reacting to the ball. By the end of the practices, it was a completely different deal. It was see ball, run to ball, get ball. And it was just, bam, it was just going. And so you see that and you're like, okay. And what it looks like to me is they're all playing off of each other. JD's had a great spring. Guess what? I don't think it's a coincidence that he's having a great spring while Jack's also having a great spring. And I don't think it's a coincidence those two are having a great spring while Jalen Sneed is making a ton of plays. Now, he's not the every-down linebacker yet. He's got a lot to learn there. But he's, as a third-down guy, if you want to be on the field on third down, you better be pretty good because Jalen Sneed can get after the quarterback as well as anybody on the roster on yep. third down from what I'm told. And, and hey, hey J.D., we love you. You're a captain. But this 42, as I said earlier, is 42. He wants your job. Hey, number eight, 42 wants your job. He doesn't care whose job he's taking. He wants somebody's job. And he's yep. out there working for it every day. And then Drake Bowen's like, okay, I wanted to play as a freshman. I got to beat out that dude. So I better bring it today. I better yep. figure it out. And it's made it's risen the entire – those things, things like that can raise the entire room. Ryan, and that's why Marcus Freeman emphasizes competition so much. It's not just about this drill is going to be about competition. It's about, hey, I don't care if you're an All-American last year. We're nine and four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody in Notre Dame cares that you're an All-American on a nine and four team. The guys that are remembered as the elites of all time are the guys that are All-Americans on teams that played for titles and won titles. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the goal. It's not to be an All-American or an All-Conference or whatever else c- caliber guy. It's who helps me now. What you yes. did last year doesn't matter. So can you? Can you? Are you doing that? Have you raised your game? You know that's the question, and so I, I think it's been great, man. It's been great to see that. Very great yeah. to see that. It, yes, I, I mean, so part of what you said was kind of leading into my linebacker talk, Brian. Is that I am also pleasantly surprised that we have heard so much about the young linebackers this off season so far, and that is about opportunity. I think opportunity has been the biggest, biggest surprise for me. Like it really is. I, I thought that we were going to hear about, you know, how great Maris is looking this off season, which we've heard of a little bit of, and you know, the veterans are looking good and they're picking stuff up and it's like, everybody else is getting eased along. They need to get a little bit bigger, but they're coming along like very general stuff, but you are hearing about Drake Bowen. You're hearing about Jaden Osbury. You're hearing about Nolan Ziegler taking a jump. You're hearing about Jalen Sneed. For, so for me, it's like my biggest surprise is how many of the young guys I'm hearing about, right? It's not yeah. that I'm hearing about one or two. Like I'm hearing about a little bit about everyone. I'm like, that's very yeah. positive to me. Like that's optimistic to me. I'm like, huh, some guys are actually getting opportunities this offseason. Like that's fantastic. So hearing about Jalen Sneed, hearing about Jaden Osbury, hearing about Drake Bowen, Hearing about Nolan Ziegler, hearing, you know, even a little bit about Preston Zinter, even though I know the game's moving fast for him right now, but like you still hear that there's reps where you see it, right? Like you see it. It's very positive to me. So being able to see those guys in full time, full speed, being able to move around a little bit and getting opportunities to do so, 
it's monumental. I'll use the word monumental again. Like yeah. that means a lot to me. It means a lot that there's an opportunity being thrown out there. Yeah. The biggest surprise of all, we're saving the this one for last because it's kind of a it's not offense, it's not defense, it's a little bit of both. The revelation of Lorenzo Styles getting some yeah. work at defense. And then, you know, the coaches kind of played it cool. You know, coach was like, hey, did you know how many reps did you see it? Only one, right? Yeah, yeah, coach. But he spent an entire individual period over there with the defensive backs. And then Coach Mickens also playing it cool. And y- y'all know I love Coach Mickens and and Coach Freeman. They're just doing what coaches are supposed to do. Like, let's not pu- let's pump the brakes a little bit. Let's not get too far up because we're not sure where this is going to go. So don't turn this into something that it and we're not sure it's going to be yet. Totally fine with that. I would do the same thing if I was them. But then Lorenzo walks into the press conference and he's wearing a white jersey, yeah, which yeah, is what the defensive yeah. players wear in practice, you know? And yeah. it's like, yeah, okay, guys. All right, cool. Yeah, he's he only took a couple snaps on defense today, but yeah, he was wearing a defensive jersey. He's wearing a white there, jersey, right? yeah. You know? Um, yeah. You know, and then we talk to our sources and it sounds like, you know, hey, look, this is something that that, that could end up being a, a, a thing. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see if that continues or not. But you start getting kind of fired up because you start thinking like, hey, this this kid's got a chance to to be a really good football player. You know, this kid's got a chance to be somebody can help you at different places. Where's that going to be? And so is it going to be a playing two ways? Is it something? Cause see, to me, I'm not a huge fan of guys playing both ways, but his kit situation is unique because Notre Dame's secondary coverage preference is not as hard to learn. Yeah. And you do have a great coach. You have two really good technical coaches at the two positions he plays, but he technically isn't a starter at either one. So there's there's less of a burden on that. He doesn't have to play 60 reps as a wide receiver. Doesn't have to play 60 reps as a corner. So I'm usually uh, uh, not a fan of the can he play both ways types of guys. But in this instance, I'm I'm willing to give it a shot and see what it can do. But I am I'm excited to see sort of what he can bring to the table, Ryan. And I, I'm not necessarily even opposed if they want to do something with him as as more of a a full-time corner. I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to that, especially if Christian Gray, you know, Christian Gray being down. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I really wouldn't. Adds more competition to the room. And as we said, it 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 speeds up the clock for the freshman receivers. Yes. This is good. More opportunities for the freshmen. And honestly, Brian, I mean, Lorenzo's got a very interesting profile for cornerback i mean he's a 6-1 kid with good length and he can obviously run and he's a good athlete it's like i mean you said like we only saw one great rep but it's like that was a really nice rep though you know yeah. like, he took him into the really good line. freaking like, rep oh, okay all right man i mean so yeah i mean i i look at that and i say where does it go from here i it's a question mark but just the fact that and i'll say this it seems, and I, I listened to the press conference where Lorenzo came out. He looked bought into me. Like he sounded yeah. bought in, I should say. Like it sounded like he was good with the the option to play defense. Like it, it did sound very optimistic to me in that yeah. regard. Well, that's such an important thing because I think he had a rough year last year. Yes, he did. And and mentally. And I don't know if he was bought in last year for a number of reasons. And then I don't know why. But that's just kind of what I heard. And then you saw it on the field and the frustration of it got in his head about catching the ball. Yeah. And to hear him talk, it's like, okay, that's the really confident, borderline cocky Lorenzo Styles that we saw in high school. Because the funny thing is Lorenzo's a really quiet kid. So you, you may not realize how cocky he is. As a, in a, or I say confident. And in this instance, I mean cocky in a, in a positive way. 
and because you, you don't hear it as much because he doesn't he's not a talker but you, you talk to guys in the field and they're like yeah lorenzo talks now i mean don't don't let it don't get it twisted he may not talk to y'all but trust me lorenzo talks yes um and, and and i don't know if we didn't see that confident lorenzo last year we didn't so if you see lorenzo confident lorenzo, confident lorenzo styles i don't care where you play him play him somewhere yeah let him return kicks. Let him return punts. I, like, if you want to turn him into a full-time corner and say, okay, you're going to also be our punt returner, all right, cool. Get him the ball. That's fine. Yeah. And then if you have a need, a receiver, you can still play him there. I just want to see the kid play. But I'm just excited that they're they're willing to experiment with this, a kid that kind of played a bunch. You know? And, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yeah. And I think that that's the big one in the secondary, too, because, I mean, again, like, I expected Christian Gray to – play well as a freshman, right? Like I expected him to come in and be able to do some stuff. I expected Benjamin Morrison to play well. Cam Hart's been playing a little bit in in a non-contact opportunity, obviously this spring, but like we know what to expect from, from Cam Hart as well. I mean, and then we talked about the safety position already, Brian. It's like, you know, there's just not many guys out there and there's not been a huge surprise. Like I expect Xavier Watts to take a nice step forward and be that guy. Ramon Henderson has been kind of up and down. Like that's not anything out of the norm. And DJ Brown's six year senior. Like there's no surprises there. So I think that really is the biggest surprise in the secondary, just because I don't think there's a lot of other massive surprise on the back end for Notre Dame this spring. It just doesn't seem like that to me. Yeah. Not like, not like some others. Yeah, Yeah. no, you're correct. Not like some others. So Ryan, that's going to do it for this portion of the show. Uh, We're going to, we're going to go into the uh, draft part. Let's just wrap up the draft part real quick. This will be a little fun conversation before we get into the mailbag. Yep. The the way they did it last year is they had veterans. They kind of put each vet like certain veterans on each team, and then they would just do a draft. They would draft yep. players. So I want to just have some fun, and and we'll we'll cover it tomorrow. We'll talk about what the draft results are in our show tomorrow. But what I would talk about is like if you were doing a draft, if I said to you, I'm I'm the head coach, and I'm saying Ryan, you're 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 my director of player personnel, right? So yeah. Um, how, we're going to do a draft. How do you want to do it? That's what I want to talk about real quick before we wrap up because I have feelings on how the proper way to do it. And um, on first, but at first, I want to get your thoughts on it. I, I would break it up into groups personally for me. So, like, I would go position by position and say, you know, running backs. Like, these are the two running backs on one side. This is the two running backs on another. Here's the wide receiver group. So, eat, break each position group into two sides of the coin, and I can mix and match how I feel like mix and match as a staff. And then I would allow two people to vote or to draft. So I think it's a really cool idea to have two veterans, for instance, that do draft the teams. But I don't like the idea of doing it individually because then I think that you break up some positions where it's like cohesiveness is important, right? Like it's not going to be a very good like developmentally understanding of how a guy performs because he's been playing next to this guy all off season and then he's just kind of next to a, a guy that he doesn't have any reps with. Well, I'm just thinking like offensive line for specifics, right? So positionally, I would break it up into groups. I would let two guys draft groups, not individual players. So I want this quarterback group here come to me. But the one thing I would do on top of that snake draft type of conversation is that the two veterans that are picking these teams, they can pick whatever group they want at any time. So, mm-hmm. like, if a first guy says, I want that quarterback group, awesome. They don't have to just pick the next quarterback group, though, right? They can go down and be like, okay, I want that safety group. That's my safety group. So right. that it becomes a little bit of fun because you're like, hmm, I need to get a little strategic behind the scenes here of, like, 
which groups do I definitely want on my team? Like I need to make sure I prioritize this spot, prioritize the other. So you can go anywhere, but I really like the of do the idea of mixing up groups instead of just drafting individual players because it moves a little quicker. And I also think that as a coach, I want to have some control over what this is going to look like, right? So I want to make yeah. sure that some groups are intact. That's kind of my thoughts on it. You're close to being spot on, Ryan. Yeah. Very close, but you're not quite there. You didn't Uh-oh. go far enough. Okay. I want to have two drafts. Okay. One happens within each room. Okay. And so basically you say, okay, now it's a little hard at some of the positions where there's not as many guys. But you have Tyler Buckner and Sam Hartman. Obviously, you're not going to be on the same team. So, you, okay, you pick who you want with you, right? So you have your quarterback room. Sam drafts Kenny Minchie. Tyler drafts Steve Angeli. Do the same thing in the running back room. But then you do it in the receiver room. You know, hey, Dion is is one, and Tobias, you're another. Okay? Or Jaden Thomas. It's Jaden and Dion. I'm going to go with veterans. Jaden and Dion. You guys get a pick. And then let them draft their own receiving core. Right? That's cool. And then, yeah. you know, as the, as the receiver's coach, like, hey, man, you might want to think about it. You, don't have, you haven't taken anybody that can play in the slot. Like, you know what I mean? And then do the same thing in the offensive line. Hey, Joe Walton, Blake Fisher, or or – you know, Blake and Zeke or what, you know what I mean? Like you guys are, you guys are the two team captains and and you pick who you want with you and let them draft their own lines and then yeah. do it all across. And so then now you have, here's your, here's your two running back rosters. Here's your two receiver rosters. Here's your two tight end rosters. Here's your two O-line rosters. Here's your two D-line rosters. And then you take, you take two teams of captains. So be like, you know, uh, I'd have like, uh, you know, like J.D. Bertrand and Jack Kaiser. Uh, no, like J.D. Bertrand at one position and then like maybe Cam Hart or something like that, two on defense. And then on offense, I'd have, um, you know, whatever offensive lineman that I didn't get to pick the team would then be a captain, right? Gotcha. And then obviously you're going to have his team is going to be part of your group, right? Like his unit. So like if Cam's one, okay, his cornerback tandem is already part of that. So, which could get, or you could just say, hey, look, the guys that are picking teams are not allowed to be part of, the captains are not part of the group that you're drafting, right? Do something like that. But then allow that guy to then draft. So, hey, you want RB1 or RB2, right? Or, you know, and then they got to pick it that way. Now, you can pick however you want, but you've got to draft an offensive line group. You've got to draft a D-line group, a corner group, a safety group. And it, but you get to pick which order you want to get them, which one's more important to you. I do it something like that, you know, because you talked about units. But I think there's even you're you're getting even more guys involved in this because you're now letting the veterans pick the 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 how you're going to divvy up the lines and the linebacking cores and all that kind of. I think it'd be a lot of fun. And then yeah. what we see as fans is they they televise is is sort of the the final product you know, the, 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 the final deal. And then I'd have, because, and then there's, there's not as many guys being picked because you're picking units. You could have some fun with it by announcing the units, you know, like, Oh man, the Notre Dame media department could have such good content out of that. The number one pick, you know, cam Hart selects offense and give whatever, give them like their fun name. Hey, you guys pick whatever your funky name is, right? We are the, you know, offensive line, we're the the monsters or something like that, right? <laughs> Who are led by six six whatever right tackle from Avon, Indiana, Blake Fisher, and then you announce that group. 
right? I think that'd be a blast. Yeah. And then now it's not like, okay, dude, you were the last guy picked. No, it was that your units picked, but you know who was part of that unit? Like your best offensive lineman or your best defense. So it's not like that same level of, okay, you're, you know, this is a little bit weird. So that's kind of how I would do it. That's, that's what I would do. And then that way as a position coach, you can control, Hey, look guys, we need to make sure. And then what you could do is you could do trades. Like this would be the fun part for the players. You could do trades. Like, Hey, you know what? Crap. We don't have a center. So I'm going to trade you, you know, this guy for that guy. And then the, the coach is the commissioner and he can decide if there's enough. And then you can like have some fun with like, okay, that's not enough. You got to give more. Okay, cool. Um, pizza Friday night on me, you know, for <laughs> I'll give you this guy. first round picks. For yeah. Zikara. I'll give you this guy <laughs> and a large pizza and a two liter of whatever for, you know, Ashton Craig. Cause I need a center. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that'd be so much fun because the kids would be so bought into that and how it's happening in each room. Um, I think that'd be a blast. And then let the, 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 the part that we see televised, you're drafting the positions and then yeah. you're putting it together. I think that'd be a blast. That'd be so much fun. So much fun. Love it, man. Two first round picks for Zeke Corral, please. Yeah. Trade it to me. Well, no, you can't do future picks because, <laughs> but it's just like, you got it. Okay. Here's what, here's what's on. Here's the, here's what you have to work with. You've yeah. got a meal here. You've got a pizza. You've got two liters. You've got, I'll do your laundry for, you know, your, your next load of, you know, just some fun stuff like that would be a blast. And you don't have to, you're not televising that, so you can have some fun with it, right? I mean, you know. But you should, um, you should, you should get some clips of that, though, because it would be great yeah, for the media. It would be great. I forget the media. It'd be great for fans. Fans would love that. That's what I'm saying. The media for but, fans. Yeah. They put that like, stuff here, out Here's there. how like, the yeah. O-line draft went down. And, you, you know, you edit out the part of the stuff. Like, yeah, that's probably not appropriate. So it's like a highlight <laughs> right, exactly. video. But that'd be a blast. You know, see the negotiations between Blake Fisher and Zeke Carell for the yeah. rights to Ashton Craig because because – Blake forgot to draft a center, you know what I mean? Or Joe Alt forgot to draft a center or something like that. That'd be so much fun, you know, like, oh, shoot, I don't have a second guard. I need to, because the rule is you can't move a guy to a position he hasn't played this spring. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be so much fun. I'd have a blast with that. That'd be a, that'd be so much fun, man. So much fun. We're out there, Brian. There's a curmudgeon of a fan. Yeah, your, your, your mic went out for a second. Am I still here? Yeah, you're, you're back now, yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what just happened there. I was going to say, somewhere there's a curmudgeon of a fan who's like, I hate that idea. I just want them to pick the game and let's get it going here, man. I don't want to see any fun. Fun is yeah. I don't. I hate fun. Fun is yeah. all. But, yeah. Here, here's my deal, man. Look, so, we, we had a thread on the board, and people are saying, given all the ideas on how we can make our show better. And there's this one guy on the show that, that on the on – the, um, he always responds to shows on YouTube mm-hmm. complaining about how long they are. Well, that's fine. And it's just kind of like, look, here's the reality of it. There's nothing I can do or say that's going to make everybody happy. Yeah. So I'm going to do what I think is fun and what I like to do and how I like to do it. And if I'm Marcus Freeman, it's like, brother, there's not a thing that you can do. That's going to make everybody happy ever. So ever. do what you think is best for your players. Yeah. Do what you think they're going to have the most fun with and what will be the most team building. Do that and then just have fun with it. It doesn't yep. matter what everybody else thinks. Because you know what? All those curmudgeons and all those people that are going to have – when you go 12-0 and 0 this year, they're not going to give a rip. Now maybe next time you might trust me that I know how to build this team. 
You know, so that's that's. But I think that'd be a blast, man. I think that'd be a great I do idea. Too. That'd be a ton I do of fun. Too. I would love it. So, I, I like the players having some control over it. You know, yeah. like that's fun to me. That's very. I do, fun. but I'd also kind of want to protect it in a way where it's like you're making yep. sure you have the right rosters, and you're in, and you're not also like, you know, certain kids can't get picked, you know, or get yes. picked last, and it's just like you know not. Now you got to worry about people's feelings and all that other that, kind of that's stuff. Wh- yeah. That's why I like dividing it into groups because then it's yeah. like you have to be strategic right. with what group you pick. And right. that's so it's not like a right. just isolating a player like you're the last pick type of thing. It's like, no, there was strategy here. I didn't just pick you because you're the worst player or whatever, like proceed that right. way. So, yeah. Yeah, man. All right. So let's wrap it up, Ryan, before we go to the mailbag. Yep. So let's go to the mailbag next. Before we do. If you all could please just hit that like button, subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification bell, and sign up at boards.irishbrookdown.com. We'll be talking a lot about some players who have been on campus and players who are going to be on campus here in over the next few days. So make sure you're subscribed to boards.irishbrookdown.com because there will be a lot of intel this weekend. Trust me when I tell you that I'll be there talking to kids all day. And it's going to be a blast. So make sure to sign up at boards.irishbreakdown.com. But now we're going to move to the mailbag. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.